Well, welcome to Hot Topic uh, on Peachy, and this is going to be the last program for the year. And you may remember, uh, around about this time last year, we all got together at Liz Coe's beautiful home on the Kapiti Coast here at Tihoro. We sat around the very table that we're sitting at now, and um, we had a bit of a chat about a year after COVID started and all the things nasty things that COVID brought into pretty much everybody's life, um, but how individually we dealt with it and what sort of an impact it had had, but more importantly, um, looking at some of the positive things and hoping that the, um, the year ahead was going to be a lot better. Well, in actual fact, it'd be interesting to see if it has, but uh, maybe not in the ways that we would have hoped. So... What I'd like to do first of all is introduce the people that we've got here today and to my left here is Helene Judge and Helene is one of the co-owners of the Cavity Food Fair so Helene, really nice to have you back here again. And sitting across the table from her is Sarah Ferguson and Sarah is not the train driver but the train organiser for the North Pole Express every year so thanks for joining us Sarah, it's really nice to see you again. Thanks Pete. And um, and then we have Liz Coe, and um, Liz, there was a beautiful shot on TV3 the other night of you wading in floodwaters here at Tihoro. So, yes, I got a bit wet um, here for sure. I'm not sure if you were in training to be a duck this year, but <laughs> it was a very good impersonation. Oh, nothing holds me back, Pete, you should know that. <laughs> Absolutely. And in an addition to the panel, I've got um, Alex Craig uh, with me, who um, is a local chap who I, I met just over a year ago. Um, I'm going to describe Alex as a retired um, school student <laughs> because he did actually give up school year before last, but you're now um, involved as a university student in, in Wellington and um, welcome because um, one of the things that we're going to talk about now is in fact the impact that COVID's had um, over the course of the year. And to begin with, Alex, because I haven't actually heard much from a young person's perspective um, about how they've been affected with some of the spin-offs of COVID. Perhaps if we could just ask you as a university student, what sort of an impact and how it's affected you during the year? Well, I mean, it's, um, it's interesting, eh? Um, I think for me personally, it's been quite stunting. Um, and I think you'd find a lot of people, and I know a majority of people in my scenario are feeling the same. Um, you know, last year at college, we were in lockdown for a large portion of the year, and that was a tough year to get through. And then um, this year at university, it's um, been not much better. You know, we've had lockdowns, we've had different restrictions put in place, you know, different reasons why we can and can't go. Mm. Um, and it's been a real tough year to, to operate the same as you usually would. Mm. And I think, you know, that's not, um, that's not a unique thing. Um, just to, as it pertains to tertiary students, I think everyone's feeling that yeah. to some degree. Mm. Um, mm. So you haven't been able to attend live lectures. You've had to do stuff on ZoomTube and that sort of thing. Is that how it's been going? Yeah, it's been it's been on and off. Mm. Um, so for the first part of the year, we were attending, and then um, we went back into complete online study from home. Yeah, and I think what what we saw happen then was that after that happened, there was just uh, far fewer students going back 
um, and just continuing how it was because you know you're always faced with an uncertainty as to whether it'll happen again you know what it'll mm. look like mm. um, so it's been a very different way of learning um, and it has its merits but I think it's been mostly negative in terms of yeah. the impact it's had on being able to learn. With the um, communication from the university itself, I mean, has that been fairly adequate? Have they, have they been able to keep you up to speed on what they're doing and why and how it's all going to work, or are you pretty much finding having to find your own feet? Um, it's a bit of both. I mean, the, the vice-chancellor, who is that's where all the important emails come from, mm. um, they're really good at providing us with an overview and a kind of giving us a general understanding of how things are going to work right. but there's still a lot that is left unsaid mm. and and one thing that hasn't really been communicated about is what it'll look like with vaccine mandates on mm. campus next year yeah particularly yeah um and i i have no idea what what that um policy is going to be like mm. so I'm, I'm not sure but it's definitely a bit of both they've been they've been good though and they definitely have provided support for mm. students where need be Hmm. So, as regards to um, assessments on how you've been doing, um, in spite of all the difficulty and everything, um, how, how, how have they been working? Well, all of my assessments this year have been online. Okay. I haven't had a, other than like pop quizzes, yes. I haven't had a single assessment that I've done yeah. you know, in class. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's kind of the way university's been for quite a while now. Mm. Is that obviously you know a lot more of it can be done online, mm. um, but it definitely is missing a dimension when you're you know just sitting at home looking mm. at your computer screen, yeah, and you're paying the same amount of money, you know. Well, that's the whole point because in actual fact, it would feel very much like you, you know, what are you actually paying for? Because if you're in a situation where you're basically becoming a a self-tutored student, you're kind of wondering <laughs> what you're doing and why. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, somebody's dragging money out of your bank account. What's it all going for, you know? Um, I mean, from the point of view as regards the um, the uh, where this is heading is, you know, your degrees and so forth, are they able to give you any sort of overview as to what sort of impact it's likely to have? No, well, I haven't had any at all. I mean, people can seek out that stuff with a, by using a course advisor, mm. but again, there's not many of them, right. and it's everyone's trying to see them at the moment. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are missing out and are completely yeah. in the dark as to yeah. what what their degree is going to look like going forward. Mm. Um, and I think what we'll see is a lot less people are going to study next year. I don't yeah. think because it's just. It just doesn't make sense for a lot of people, you know, yeah. to pay that kind of money, have no certainty of yeah. the timeline, what the assessments are going to look like, how the classes are going to be formatted. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And I think it, everyone's degrees will be taking a little bit longer yeah. than they usually do. Yeah. Helene, um, your food fair this year has gone to the wall and... You know, it is once again a year of incredible effort that basically just hit a great big brick wall again. Um, and I believe that you've actually tried to make some sense of it all by having an online sort of um, situation of vendors being able to 
sell some of their produce. It's not the same and it's in no way actually going to replace the food fair because it just can't be done like that. Um, but as regards to how they have actually reacted and taken the news, what, what's been the overall impression that you've had from people that's just, yeah. Well, before I touch on that, I just mm. want to acknowledge you, Alex, because I've got a 15-year-old boy, mm. and my mind has been constantly working around what is it going to be like for Sydney when he maybe gets to university, mm. because everything that's going on for him now at Pataplumary College, I'm not sure which college he went to, but um, it is the key thing that you talked about there was the uncertainty, and it's actually really disappointing to hear that your university, is at Victoria or Massey? Yeah, I'm at Victoria. Yeah, that they're not, um, they're following in the, in the footsteps of the government essentially, with yep. continuing with this massive rolling wall of changing decisions, and then therefore creating a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty for everybody. So. Um, it's the first time I've really heard somebody um, at your level of tertiary studies sort of talk about it. Mm. Um, I've heard my own son talk about it, but it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just hang in there. And, um, you know, I always say to people, um, when you are talking, you know, try and put that smile into your eyes and mm. into, your, into your voice because mm. it actually can be quite uplifting and we all will get through this. But it is actually really hard. So thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm hopeful that yeah. you know, for for people like your son's age, that yeah. this is all over it by might then. Be and, over by then. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopeful that I can finish my study, exactly. you know, with how it's supposed mm. to be. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But. Yeah. Mm. So um, we've come through this. Like you know, when we went into um, 2020 lockdown, we thought, oh yes, okay, and we got through that. We delivered. It was a really positive event. Um, when we hit lockdown this year, we actually didn't worry too much. We were sort of thinking, oh, just keep calm, carry on, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. Mm. But we realised fairly quickly once the whole sort of thing was labelled as Delta and the aggressiveness of it, and we realised that it actually probably wasn't going to be as easy as what we thought. So um, we were sort of planning, you know, we had a lot of contingency planning up our sleeves mm. as we went through the year. So when we did finally get through to, it was the 12th of November, I remember it, because it was a Friday night and we had to have a really, really serious meeting, Janine and I, and we'd had a lot of meetings during the year. Um, and we we sort of, it took us all weekend, we made the decision on the Friday night, however, we, it took us the whole weekend to work through all the risks, but also there were opportunities out of it, mm. and so we looked at, we weighed all of that up, and then we did start our announcements on the 15th of November to postpone and, you know, reschedule everything to the following year. Mm. And... Most vendors took that really well because we had we had to have a COVID policy right from the very beginning. So we've actually just refunded, I think, 17 out of 250 vendors. So it's not, financially, it's not a major hit. However, to get to this point, we've sp still spent about $55,000 mm. and it's all money that's sunk. It's all money that we have to find to sort of then, you know, re-live and, you know, make the thing happen again next year yeah, yeah. however um, because of the sort of people that we are uh, we we're now looking towards 2022 and we're looking at it with with optimism but 
but we are still a little bit worried because we actually don't want another year like this year. Um, no. We want next year to be much better. And mm. we do think that vaccine passes um, will be able to help us with that. It's disappointing to hear that your university hasn't you know, clarified on that point because we're cl we've clarified already. We've said mm. we will be a vaccine pass event. Mm. And so we're busy preparing now for mm. that. Mm. Um, and vendors just seem to have rolled with us. Right. Um, right. And I think we, we've also refunded about 15 or 20 visitor tickets. Mm. So visitors are rolling with us as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people don't realise though that all that income's not ours at the moment. It all sits over in humanitics and so it all rolls over and we won't see that money until you know after the event next year right. um, but but it does bring opportunities mm. it brings the opportunity for us to think about our name our brand um, and what we're doing um, and also uh, getting ourselves fully online so ticketing fully online as against being a sort of a rock up on the day and you know we have no idea and we're just crossing our fingers going gosh we hope a lot of people come and mm. you know <laughs> pay the yeah. entry fee and enable us to then pay everybody else yeah so yeah. Um, we're going to move yeah. in that direction so as regards to vendors was, was i wrong in saying that you've got something in place where they can actually start to divest yeah. themselves of some of the produce yeah. they put together to get this thing underway yes so yeah. what, what we decided to do when we did all our thinking mm. was to put this online shop um, into play mm. so We've loaded every vendor and they've been broken down into whether they're based in Kapiti or whether they're in other parts of the country. Mm. And then we've popped them into the different categories that we focus on at the event. So it's the liquor zone, mm. the package zone, and then the ready to eat zone. Yeah. So they're all up there. Um, there's a link through to their online shops. So mm. you can't actually, we don't actually have an online shop on ours, it's yeah. a portal. Yeah. So it's a gateway essentially. Right. Right. Um, but we've had lots of hits on it. Yeah. It's it's been going really well, and people have um, given us lots of feedback about that. Yeah, so yeah. That's that's what I was going to um, follow through to. Was the feedback is probably fairly important because um, you know it's it's the type of event where you cannot do all that preparation. I'm talking from a vendor's point of view. Have all that stock sitting there and then all of a sudden it can't be used so you, mm -hmm. you're going to have to do something with it yeah. there's a, quite a significant amount of be perishable stuff so mm -hmm. i mean it has a limited mm -hmm. shelf life and mm -hmm. so the idea of having that gateway is probably as good as it gets it's probably pretty much the only thing mm -hmm. you can do it's good to hear that it's actually having a positive effect yeah there's um a lot of vendors go to lots of different events and there are still a lot of christmas type events that are mm. popping up yeah and so you know they'll all be you know pushing to go to those events now yeah. because these some of them will have you know mm. stockpiled quite a lot yeah uh, because we know for a lot of vendors the cuppity food fair is one of their big events of the year yeah um so yes but mm. having said that we only had one really awesomely horrible experience with one vendor around that, precisely that point yeah. um, but it was one out of 250 and yeah. we just sort of try to put that into perspective yeah. and you know make the situation work yeah. for us and them yeah yeah that's cool now sarah the north pole express it's going to leave the platform on time at platform nine and three quarters. No, it's, it's, I think you've got the, the wrong movie reference there. Um, quite wrong with that. 
for Great Christmas Eve. Maybe I got the number of the platform wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we we are we are rolling out uh, next eighteenth uh, and nineteenth of December. Yep. Umu. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. been um, the year's been uh, look. Let's be honest. The year has been completely horrific. Mm. Full stop mm. horrific. It's not been an awesome year. Mm. Um, our team are just looking forward to be able to spread a bit of Christmas cheer. Mm. And we need it as much as the passengers, yep. to be honest. So we've cancelled six events. Mm. Our entire revenue stream is gone. Mm. Um, you know, we, we have people that, you know, have to live and, mm. and we have to make a living too, as I'm sure Helene, mm. you know, understands. Mm. It's not the impact of cancelling um, all of these events and things that we've had is has been really significant on us and our and our teams. But being able to find a way to navigate the traffic light systems mm. um, and trying to be as optimistic as possible in the face of you know some pretty major adversity during the year for for our type of business. Um, we just we, we wanted to find a way and we have which is awesome my business partner slash sister because we're a family business is um in auckland i haven't seen her in months as you can imagine because she's been in lockdown in her home mm. um so we have been trying to communicate um phone and email is our life to try to coordinate everything that we need to coordinate um, for North Pole Express and the new little Christmas business which is sort of our pivot to try to boost some of the stuff that we lost during the year yeah. um, I mean this year Pete has been harder than last year mm-hmm. for us, 2020 was difficult mm-hmm. um, and I'll be frank for a small business last year we lost three quarters of a million dollars in turnover and um, this year's worse. So we didn't essentially made no money last year. In fact, we made losses and personally had to pay out some of the stuff because insurance doesn't cover when your event gets cancelled mm. and you've already spent tens of thousands of dollars. Insurance isn't covering that. Mm. Um, equally this year, it's not covering that. Mm. So we're, I don't want to sound doom and gloom, we're positive and we're still moving forward, but... There is a realistic, you know, realistically, we're, we're small business people mm. who are trying to keep keep positive, keep moving forward, yeah, yeah. despite um, despite what's happening. And I think a lot of people have been putting on this amazing Pollyanna-type face about what's going on. We're all holding prisms up to the sun and going, it's rainbows and butterflies um, outwardly. When I think a lot of people have been struggling, and you do do hear a lot about you know depression and, and things like mm. that. Um, so I think it's good to be honest about exactly what's happening and, and how people are you know being able to to navigate. So for us, acknowledging that it's been a really horrible year so yeah. far, yeah. Um, we're going to make the 18th and 19th the most Christmassy, sparkly, <laughs> yeah. glittery, yeah. loudest caroling train yeah. with tinsel you've ever right. seen. Um, yeah. And it's our yeah. fifth anniversary, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. just looking forward to it. And just yeah. being able to see people's faces and give them something to smile about 
yeah. you know, at the end of the year and the kids particularly, kids, like Alex, you know, kids have had a really rough time. Mm. I have a 10 year old daughter, I only have one child, so mm. lockdown is yeah. interesting with no peers, no anybody mm. around, yeah. and my sister the same, she's got one child, they've locked down in their house for three months trying to learn online, mm, mm. struggling, not being able to literally go anywhere. Um, yeah. You know, kids need, I think kids are going to need it this year. Yep. So I'm excited. Yeah. Mm. No, that's but good. sorry to be Debbie Downer on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's good to acknowledge it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, um, it's good to, you know, to hear that in spite of all the adversity, you still determine that it's going to be Christmas come what may, and I think that's what I've been you hearing. You can't cancel Christmas. No, you can't. That's, <laughs> that's the whole point. We've you, even worked out how to operate in a red traffic light. Yeah. So, um, brilliant. We yeah. will be going. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Well, Liz, um, you're involved um, in the business community and, you know, in Keita and a lot of other things. What's the general feeling that you've had over recent times from the business community about how this year has gone and, and where it's actually heading? Um, have you had any sort of feedback at all um, from what's been going on? Well, it's really just more my own observations. Mm, and mm. I think, you know... COVID has had a very different impact on, on different types of yeah. businesses. And yeah. some businesses are going absolute gangbusters. Yeah. And, you know, in Kapiti here, we have a lot of uh, tradespeople mm. and it's a lot of you know, building and construction type yeah. stuff. Yeah. That is going through the roof. You know, yeah. you try and get a tradesperson yeah. now, you're having to wait weeks. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I'm decided a while ago I was going to buy myself a new car. Well, I've had to wait months <laughs> for that yeah. to arrive in the country, you know, because yeah. there's supply chain issues, That's obviously, right. you know. That's so right. yeah. uh, there's a lot of people spending a lot of money out there, mm. and uh, it doesn't look like there's any signs of that slowing down. Mm. Um, mm. I, I follow Tony Alexander quite closely. Oh, He's yes. a very well-known yeah. economist, and he's... He does regular surveys and puts out regular reports about things and, mm. you know, looking at people's spending plans and what they're planning to invest mm. in. Mm. And there's a lot of positive stuff mm. happening out there. People are feeling very confident. And I think one of the impacts really is what, because uh, you know, I'm an economist way mm. back, and we there's this thing called the wealth effect. And it, because we've had this huge rise in property prices, mm. And people are saying, "Wow, look at my look at how much my house is worth now," and they feel wealthy. And what yeah. do they do then? They go out and spend more money, yeah. or they you know they borrow money. Yeah. And and so there's just been this you know massive effect of um, you know just people out there spending, you know, doing up the kitchen, doing up the garden, mm. um, buying new cars. Mm. Sure, they can't travel overseas, but you know they're buying camper vans and traveling locally. Mm. So I think, you know, around the table here today, we've got some of the people who are most badly affected, you know, people in the events business <laughs> and in the education sector. Yeah. But, you know, on the other side of things, there's a lot of people who have benefited significantly yeah. out of COVID and mm. the money that's been pumped into the economy. Yeah. Are you able to talk, Liz, about that in regards to the generation? Because a lot of those people you're talking about are probably older people. Mm. And what's going to happen when they pop off? 
and and to all those younger people that that you know maybe don't have a home, so they don't get that feeling of wealth in future years. Mm. Well, there's, there'll be this big transfer yeah. of wealth, though, you know, and mm, that's right. And yeah. you know, like the philanthropic sector has got their eyes on that. You know, they're mm. talking about all this wealth that sits in the baby boomers. But mm-hmm. I have to say, though, that the baby boomers now fall into two categories, those who own property and those who don't. Mm. Yeah. So mm. um, the, the ones who don't are in a, quite a dire situation. Those who do own property um, are accumulating a lot of wealth. And as they pop off, a lot of that wealth <laughs> is going to go to their children. Yeah. Yeah. And their grandchildren. So it will transfer it will at that transfer. point. Yeah. Mm. But the thing is that, of course, us baby boomers are all you know living way too long. So the, <laughs> by, the, by the time our kids get their inheritance, they'll be the retired themselves. Well. You know? yeah. <laughs> so that might not work quite so you know yeah. well in that respect. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we've certainly seen over the last few years... Um, yeah, a lot of people have accumulated a lot of wealth and others have fallen well behind mm. and we have a almost like a dual economy mm. now in that mm. sense of you know the haves and the have nots yeah. as mm. I as mm. I call it. A big divide. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I wanna also talk just on a personal note about, you know, my sort of negative COVID experience. Um, uh, and that is just, you know, I have, I'm because I'm a, a re- relatively new grandmother and the big thing for me uh, is just you know having access to my my granddaughter, and I just feel really sorry for all the new mums and the new grandmums yeah. uh, grandparents out there. Mm. You know, little children are growing up in this environment where they are blocked from mm. their family. That's you know? really, and yeah. that's how is this going to impact them down the track? Mm. You know, because those early years are very you know that's the formative years. Yes. Yeah. You know, and if they don't have a you know, the right environment with family around them, that must have an impact down the track. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I wondered about that too in terms of, because I, I think I saw about a three-year-old in, in a store the other day, and I, all they know now, essentially know of the world around them is people wear masks and you stay away from other people. Mm. <laughs> but that, that's, that's how right. mm. that's how an entire generation of, of small children are, are growing now. Mm. And that's really like, to me. It's just really sad. I feel. Mm. I feel for them. Absolutely. Um, quite they have a distorted that, view of the world, don't they? Distorted view, and some, you know, in, in distrust of, of strangers even more than you know, yeah. mm. than they're probably told to stranger danger and all that. But that distrust of, in, mm. and, and it's sad, and it's sad that that, yeah. that, that separation for small children and for families. Society's sort of um, changing, not of, of itself, but the fact that we're all kind of like in an environment where, as you say, you know, people are wearing face masks. You can only see half of them. Mm. Um, you know, um, for years we've seen places like Japan where you see shots in Tokyo and a significant portion of the population wear face masks and I used to wonder what on earth, you know, are they all you know, so germ ridden over there that they've got to protect one another but I mean here we are, we're all mandated to wear face masks and and I don't know about you but every time I get out of the car to go somewhere I have to go back to the car to remind myself I've got to get bloody face masks um, and you know I'm probably maybe a year from now I'm still going to be cursing the damn thing, you um, and I'm not sure whether I'm protecting me from other people or am I protecting other people from me. I don't 
really know why the face mask is there. Um, and I haven't had it logically explained to me what difference it makes anyway. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on there and we're just blindly being led and doing what we're told to do. So from my perspective, yes, kicking and screaming, I am, definitely. Um, but doing what I'm being told to do... Um, because we all kind of have to, we don't have a choice. We don't. Yeah. No. yeah. We always, our mandate with the fear was always around not just, you know, have your mask. Yeah. It's about protecting you. Yeah. It's about protecting yeah. your family. Yeah. And yeah. it's about protecting your community. And that yeah. doesn't matter where in the world you are. No, that's very true. Yeah. Anyway, from me, Merry Christmas to everybody. And maybe we'll go around the table and say Merry Christmas. Because um, I'm determined I'm going to end this on a nice note. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as I say, from me, Merry Christmas. All my listeners, thanks for supporting the show. Um, really enjoyed um, bringing you this. We're now in coming toward the end of year five. With Hot Topic, it's been fantastic and long may it continue. I'm surrounded by people that make the show what it is. I just help them along the way. And so thank you guys as well because you're very much a part of the community but you're also very important to me individually. And thank you too, Peter, because yeah, you, yeah. awesome. you do a great you. job of yeah. um, you know, bringing up these topics in our community. Cool. Thanks for that. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah. So that's pretty much all we have time for. We hope that next year gets better and that things will look a little bit rosier. In the meantime, let's take some time or enjoy the season and um, spend some time with our family and, and try and get some quality time with the people that really matter. Mm. Merry, Christmas. Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well that's our last show of Hot Topic uh, for the year. Uh, been a very interesting year, I guess that's probably one way of putting it. Uh, but certainly I um, thank all my listeners for your support during the year. Uh, we'll be back on deck about halfway through January uh, to pick up the reins again on Hot Topic and head off embarking into 2022. So uh, can't wait to get started and um, we'll, uh, we'll catch you then. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.